This election is a choice. This election will determine whether we can come together. This election is absolutely crucial. What's really important, of course, is 12 us in a giant stress-free rifle. Please explain. You're listening to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast. Hello, election watchers. Welcome to 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast, where our newsroom breaks down what is happening in the election for May 5, 2022, just 16 full campaigning days from the federal election. My name is Alexis Pink. I'm the news coordinator at 4ZZZ. Joining us today, of course, is the 4ZZZ newsroom. Hi there, I'm Tim. I'm studying journalism and science at UQ. Hi, I'm Heidi. I'm studying journalism on the Gold Coast at Griffith. Hi, I'm Bianca, and I'm studying journalism and law at QT. On today's podcast, the curse gets worse for the coalition in the Solomons, the Queensland childcare cost surges, small business support from the coalition, and a bit of a sheepish response to live exports. All right, so up first, who's going to tell me about the Solomon Islands? Hi there, so Prime Minister Scott Morrison has responded to suggestions that Solomon Islands Prime Minister, Manasseh Sagave, that Australia and its allies were deliberately trying to undermine his government. He also suggested that Australia was considering an invasion of the Solomon Islands, a prospect that Mr Morrison denied, saying that we have not threatened to invade and we are their primary security partner. Scott Morrison says the government will continue to work constructively and patiently with the Solomon Islands, which is still considered a part of the Australian, Australia's Pacific family. Labor says it is surprised Mr Morrison has not spoken to Mr Sagave since the Chinese Security Pact was signed. Shadow Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong said she looked forward to speaking to Mrs. Sagave if Labor were to win the upcoming federal election. Oh, it just feels like this is getting worse and worse for the coalition at the moment. It's just a deteriorating situation in our foreign relations with the country. But on the other side of that coin, um, some of the rhetoric out of the Sagave government has been not great. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about more about the implications for the election. How bad is this in terms of the coalition maintaining their lead in national security issues? Yeah, I think if anything, the last week or the last few days have probably helped Scott Morrison a little bit. Um, you've gone from having probably a, a lack of effort from the Prime Minister and the, the coalition the last couple of weeks. But these the remarks that are coming out of Solomon Islands are pretty extreme and a little bit bizarre. And now it's kind of airing on the side of, well maybe there's not much you could do or, or there's not much you could do to prevent some of the things that are happening in Solomon Arms at the moment. All right, so this is a general thing. I'm actually asking for your opinion on this, all three of you. Do you think Australia is going to invade the Solomon Islands? No. <laughs> no, it's... No. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't seem very likely, does it? Is this a distraction for Scott Morrison on the campaign trail? Does he really not want to talk about this right now? Well, or, he oh. did release a statement saying that um, the government will try to continue to work consecutively with the Solomon Islands and they also consider it as part of Australia's Pacific family so I don't see it would be a benefit as to why they would invade or just probably cause a bigger issue for the government. Alright, let's move on to the next section. Um, Heidi, tell us about childcare in Queensland. Yeah, so the cost of childcare is soaring in Queensland, rising 15% in Brisbane alone in the last three years and 4.4% in just the last 12 months. So coupled with rising costs of living, many families are struggling to keep up. In response to this, the Federal Labor Party has proposed a $6 billion plan to make childcare cheaper for all families, including high income earners, to increase subsidies for families earning less than a combined income of $530,000. 
Shadow Early Childhood Minister Amanda Rishworth says this is to make sure families can access childcare and that women in particular can go back to work and work the hours they want. Alright, so tell me a little bit more about Labor's proposal. What will this mean for the average family? Yeah, so households need this burden relieved somehow. It's just families are struggling to make ends meet every single week. And under Labor's proposal, all families sending one child to daycare five days a week, which is the usual every week, would pay just $2,662 a year, while taxpayers would foot $23,962.50. It's not an insignificant cost. I mean, how are Labor saying they're going to pay for this one? Yeah, so Labor can't say how they'll pay for this. However, based on their track record, it would likely be through higher taxes. And this... According to Finance Minister Simon Birmingham, this splurge is further proof that Labor are addicted to spending without considering how they will pay for it. An interesting thing for one of the highest spending, highest taxing governments in Australian history to say, I suppose. Yes. Labor's spokesperson on women's economic security had, had something to say. What did she say about this and how will it impact those people? Yeah, she said the government's childcare support was affordable and targeted families on low and middle incomes who need it most, in comparison to Labor's plans to give subsidies to families earning millions of dollars each year. So they aren't really being upfront with Australians on what the full cost of their policy will be, and they're describing their policy as aspirational. Yeah, so aspirational doesn't sound good. (laughs) Uh, The the coalition of considerably said or consistently said that about policy and subsidising childcare but they continue to neglect the fact that at the moment we do have a skilled labour shortage and you have a a large sector of that workforce that either can't work or won't work uh, when you have unsubsidised childcare so even just the fact that you have this large swathe of workers coming back to work through this policy you think should either pay or or pay a large foot of that bill uh, from the start. Let's move on to our next story. This one is about Coalition's small business policy. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Uh, So the Coalition has now pledged to create 400,000 new small businesses in the next five years, uh, if elected. The pledge was accompanied by a commitment of $17.9 million to the Business Energy Advice Program in an effort to increase efficiency and productivity of small businesses across the country. But Labor have been quick to dismiss the announcement criticising the government's lack of innovation when it comes to growing the economy. In a press conference earlier today, the opposition leader said, a country can't keep drawing from the old well, because eventually it will dry out. And later went on to state that Australia needs a new playbook to seize the future. All right, so this is fairly well-trodden territory for the coalition. Um, They talk small business at every election. Is there anything new in this package? Not that I can see at all, besides that 17 $0.9 million funding announcement. The rest was either already outlined in the budget um, or were the result of previous announcements already. So Labor do have a point on this? Uh, It just probably goes back to that same narrative that you've seen throughout the whole election, which there's probably not a great vision for the future or a different vision for the future uh, put forward by the Coalition, and that's probably what Labor's large criticism has been so far. And we'll move on to our last story for the day. What's happening with live exports and the AJP? Yeah, so the Animal Justice Party's lead Senate candidate based in Townsville, uh, Mackenzie Servins, is calling for the end of animal export trade and transition farmers to alternative employment. So Ms. Servins stated that 
animal welfare concerns about the industry have existed since the 1980s and has called for an end to measures that inadequately project protect export animals in favour of a total ban. The main concern she cites for removing those measures is the industry's drive for minimum regulations to maintain the profitability of the industry, um, which she often, um, I think, made a bit of note about the coalition's push for the profitability of um, animal export. The Animal Justice Party has also called for a Senate inquiry into transitioning farmers away from traditional meat production to cruelty-free cultivation, including cell-cultivated meat and plant-based meat alternatives. Okay, so let's start at the top. What will this policy mean for Australia in general and farmers? Well, it can present quite a few issues. Uh, One of our biggest exports is meat, and it's a very big thing that farmers rely on in terms of bringing in profit which is why the coalition pushes for it. But on the other end, it is very cruel. And we have seen in the last few years um, issues with these vessels that are shipped overseas, um, resulting in many deaths for animals. So the National Farmers Federation has a slightly different um, thought on this. Oh, for sure. They um, disagree with the assessment made by the AJP on live exports, saying many innovations have been implemented in the industry to support animal welfare. However, they don't really make much mention of her use of the other alternatives for, like, plant-based meat. Beyond the Animal Justice Party, are there any other parties that are supporting this? Um, So the Greens do support a live export ban as well, and Labour, only the other day, made an announcement that if they win government on the 21st of May, they will ban live sheep export. Now, they have not said that they will ban live export entirely, But for the meantime, they are focusing on live sheep export, which, of course, is a much smaller area of of live export. But it is a start. Yeah. And there's something to be said about starting with sheep. The export products from sheep are wool and and lamb. You don't really need live (laughs) export to submit wool anywhere. (laughs) But we did have a funny joke about that earlier. Oh, we did. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. We, we were imagining a time when sheep are being transported to somewhere off seas, being shorn and then sent back. <laughs> but that's all the time that we've got for the podcast today. Thank you for listening to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast. For more news, head to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash news or listen to 4ZZZ on 102.1 FM, on DAB Plus Digital Radio via the 4ZZZ website or on your favourite podcasting app. If you have a tip-off or feedback about the show, please email us, newsroom at 4ZZZ.org.au. And if you'd like to support 4ZZZ and all its endeavours, 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash support. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. See you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening.